Hey, this is 52 Gifts, and I'm Bernadette, here to tell you about my little project to bring more smiles to the people in my life by sending them the perfect gifts for birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, and mostly just because this podcast is where I share all the details so you can enjoy these 52 gifts too. Hey there, Chuck Boo. This week's gift relates to Jane Austen, which is why I've greeted you with a slang term from the 1800s. Chuckaboo was what people called their close friends. So I thought that was pretty cute, and maybe it's a word that should make a comeback. Reading about Chuckaboo and some of the things that were going on at the time that Jane Austen was alive. I got to thinking about some other words that are sort of out of date, but that I like to throw into my conversations here and there. Um, Sometimes it annoys my children, (laughs) but they're fun words. And so I thought I would just share some of those with you, and maybe you'll want to bring back some of these words too. So one of my favorites is scram or I like to use the pig Latin version a lot, which is amscray. That works really good for the kids. Um, Gadzooks, that's a fun one. I have to admit I don't use that one too often, but I'm going to be looking for more ways to work that into conversation for sure. Gee willikers, hullabaloo, cats and jammer. That's one of my favorites, and I use that sort of as like a an exclamation, like holy cats and jammer, or something like that. It doesn't make any sense, but I really like that word. Um, And holy Toledo. I think we should be using that one a lot more. So those are some completely random and unrelated words (laughs) that I like to work into conversation, and maybe you will too. If you have fun words that are kind of out of date or bizarre that you like to use, Um, I'd love to hear about them so you can email me or post them in the Instagram under this episode. Anyway, let's jump into this week's gift. Gift number four is a 1,000-piece puzzle called The World of Jane Austen. I bought this puzzle from Uncommon Goods, but you can also find it other places like Amazon or other puzzle purveyors. The package says it's a jigsaw puzzle with 60 characters and great houses to find. So if you are a fan of Jane Austen and that time period, you will probably love this puzzle because it's a very nice landscape filled with all types of characters from her novels and their um, homes and buildings and neighborhoods so it's it's very cute and um, there's a photo of it on the website bernadettemack.com forward slash 52 gifts or you can check it out on instagram at 52 gifts pod so if you want to see it you can head there and check it out it actually turns out that i have a lot of puzzle enthusiasts in my life including myself and my mom, but this puzzle and gift number four went to one of my clients, Penny. 
And before I jump into Penny and the puzzle, I just want to give you a little PSA, I guess. It's a little aside for all you puzzlers out there. Steer clear of metallic puzzles. I bought one last year because it looked really beautiful and shimmery, and it was actually a puzzle with a bunch of jewelry spread out on a table, and so it was like very beautiful and shiny, and I thought it was going to be great, but it was almost impossible to put together because there is such a glare on the pieces. So I tried doing it in low light, I tried doing it in bright light, but I ended up having to constantly be looking at the pieces at an angle or like get down to the level of the table to <laughs> try to figure out where the pieces go because the glare was so terrible and it was just so frustrating. I finally abandoned it and did not finish <laughs> that puzzle, which is very sad. But uh, do yourself a favor and don't fall prey to the allure of those metallic puzzles. They are very beautiful looking, but so, so obnoxious to try to put together. So back to Penny. Penny is the executive director of a history museum here in Virginia. And we've been working together for the last seven months or so on communication strategies and fundraising strategies. One of the biggest things that we've worked on recently is updating their website and rewriting all of their copy. The idea to give Penny this puzzle, especially this one in particular, the Jane Austen one, was really just handed to me during one of our recent planning retreats. During the meeting, she was telling us about how it had been her birthday recently and she was explaining the things that she did and how she spent her day. And that included buying herself a new puzzle. So she described the one that she purchased, but then also talked about this other puzzle that she ultimately had to leave behind, but that she also really wanted. And it was this, the world of Jane Austen puzzle. Automatically, I was like, oh, late birthday gift or you know, a, a pleasure to work with you gift. And it was just handed to me right there on a silver platter. So gadzooks, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I made a mental note of that puzzle and then I did a quick Google search the next day to see if I could find it. And sure enough, it was at Uncommon Goods. It took just a few days to arrive. Um, I really like to have items shipped to me first so that I can see them and wrap them if I want to or add a card and also to take photos so that I can post them. Um, and then I have to send them back out, send the gift back out, which I realize is basically paying double shipping charges. So it doesn't really make the most sense. I might have to start shipping some things directly to people. Um, but for now, that's kind of how I'm doing it. And it's what I did in this case I got the puzzle, um, I wrapped it up in some birthday-ish wrapping paper, very cheery, and then stuck in a note saying, you know, happy belated birthday, and it's really great working with you, and then sent it off. And holy Toledo, that was easy. And now for this week's donation which is also related to Penny. I made a gift to Rocktown History, which is her organization, 
in memory of one of their very instrumental longtime volunteers, a woman by the name of Shelby Carr, who recently passed away and for whom an education fund has been formed. I didn't know Shelby myself, but I learned a lot from Penny about how important she was to the Rocktown history community. Here's a portion of what was said about her in their recent newsletter. For more than 10 years, Shelby was an indefatigable leader of the collections committee. For longer than that, her knowledge of the collections, passion for family research, love of history, energy for service, plus general enthusiasm and positivity inspired and infused plans, programs, and activities for the historical society. The staff and volunteers join others who are stunned by the loss of this vital member of the local history community. So I was really happy to be able to contribute to the Shelby Carr Education Fund this week. The fund was started with a $5,000 gift from a generous couple, and it has already doubled from contributions made by other members and supporters of Rocktown History. And the fund is going to help further history education and ways to increase students' exposure to local history. When I talk about nonprofit organizations on this podcast, I like to share their mission whenever I can. So just to give you a little bit more information about Rocktown history, and especially since they're a client of mine and I have a special place in my heart for them, I want to read to you what their mission is so that you can be a little bit more familiar with what type of organization she comes from. So established in 1898 as the Rockingham County Historical Society, our mission has always been to preserve and share the stories of the area and its people, highlighting their influences on our shared past. The work of our staff and volunteers and support from our community of trustees, members, and donors help ensure that the rich histories of Harrisonburg and Rockingham County are accessible, vibrant, and meaningful to all. So it's a nice sounding mission, and they're really a great organization with a very small staff and lots of dedicated volunteers, and they are really, truly a pleasure to work with. All right, before I sign off this week, I have a small update from last week's gift. If you'll recall, I sent a Flower of the Month subscription to our friends slash my husband's colleagues. I received a handwritten thank you note shortly after they got their first arrangement and they just said how much they enjoyed the flowers and that they had lasted nine days. So I feel like that's a pretty good lifespan for a bouquet of flowers and it was actually a really nice detail to get as feedback. They could have just said, thank you, they're beautiful, you know, which is what you would say about flowers, but adding how long they were able to enjoy them really added something extra to the note. So I really appreciated that. Also from week two, uh, I received an acknowledgement email for my donation to the Jacques Pepin Foundation. Um, Apparently their gift forms run through Kindful. So when you make a gift, an online donation, it goes through Kindful, and I almost missed their thank you note or their you know receipt 
that gets sent out because it came from support at kindful.com. So it would have been a lot easier to recognize if the sender's address was, the name of the nonprofit was included in the sender's address. But on the plus side to that, this was an automated email receipt and you know it's pretty standard to get but it did include some really nice copy that told me a little bit more about what my donation will do so I mean it might have just reminded me from their um, donation page so it might have just reiterated some things but one of the sentences was that the foundation strongly believes that culinary skills and the process of learning these skills increases self-confidence, improves health outcomes, and creates employment and career opportunities. So that was a really good bit of reinforcement that makes me feel like I made the right choice by giving them some of my hard-earned money. So that was a good a good um, receipt to get. And those are my updates. So that'll do it, old chuckaboos. A puzzle for Penny and a gift to the Shelby Carr Education Fund at Rocktown History. And for those of you who are curious about the title of this week's episode, it is a quote from the character Mr. Collins in Jane Austen's novel Pride and Prejudice. He's talking, of course, of boiled potatoes when he says, It's been many years since I've had such an exemplary vegetable. Indeed, Mr. Collins. Indeed. If you liked this episode, as always, I question your judgment. But I also encourage you to share it with a friend. We could all use a little more positive content in our lives, huh? So also, if you could please rate and subscribe to this podcast so that you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. If you have questions or comments about this week's gifts, or if you have any suggestions for future gift ideas or donations, I would love to hear them. Email them to me at 52gifts at bernadettemac.com. It's the number 52GIFTS at bernadettemac.com. And be sure to check out the photos of each weekly gift at BernadetteMac.com forward slash 52 gifts or, as I said on Instagram, at 52 gifts pod. Support for this podcast is of the moral variety for now and is provided by three of my brilliant friends who have really encouraged me to go for it. Thank you, ladies. And 52 Gifts is produced and hosted by Bernadette Mack. Our writer is Bernadette Mack, with research provided by Bernadette Mack. Our editor is Bernadette Mack. Social media support provided by, you guessed it, Bernadette Mack. See you next week.